Welcome back to the Stateside Soccer Podcast. Uh, it's been a long time, but we are back and more ready than ever because the Premier League, as of recording, uh, is 11 days away from kicking back off for the 2021 season. Um, Scott Liverpool will start the season, obviously, as reigning or defending champs. Um, how long of a summer has it has it seemed without football, even though it's really only been like what, two, three weeks? Not even since the season ended. Well, you say that one more time. Liverpool are starting as what? They're starting the season as uh, reigning champions. Yeah, one more time. One more time. Reigning champions. Reigning champions. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of wanted to just pull um, pull a little bit of uh, an R guy and just make it make it known, well known. Now it's it's been a good summer. I think it's obviously been extremely abbreviated, and it's almost hard to believe that like we've even had a break just because um, we've been treated to, to preseason relatively recently as well. So it's it's hard to believe that it's coming back around again, but it's certainly a welcome sight, and obviously. Uh, there's nothing better than Liverpool kicking off again against a newly promoted side. And I'm, I'm really excited to see Leeds in the Premier League as well. I am as well. And uh, Scott, so today we're going to be doing a Premier League tier list. So instead of going, who's going to finish 20th, 1918, because that takes too long. And let's face it, it's hard to get everything right. It's going to make it, it's going to make us look a little bit better if we can just predict who's going to finish 13 through 17, 8 through 12, and not be as um, specific as we have been in the past. So let's kick it right off. We will go by category, Scott. And instead of starting off with a champion, we need to save that for last. So let's go to the opposite side of the table, where we will find the three relegated sides for this upcoming season. Um, if you would like to kick us off, you don't have to give it all three, but uh, give us some insight on who you think uh, might be going down to the championship. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. So I think it's um, it's obviously easy to statistically pick the newly promoted sides, or at least a couple of the newly promoted sides, to go back down. So while I'm not trying to place a whole lot of weight on that inherently, like I think it's I think it's a good shout that leads stay up, but we just don't we don't know. Uh, in saying that, though, I think that, that Fulham is an easy look only because last time I placed my faith in Fulham, they failed me completely. And I think West Brom is another one that I think has a lot of potential to go down as well. So if I had to pick two of the relegated sides, I would pick Fulham and West Brom. If I only had to pick one, I would probably pick West Brom. And I mean that with all due respect. I just don't really have a whole lot of buy-in on them right now. Uh Golly, I would love to see Everton go down, but in in a, in a real world, in which case that's very unlikely to happen. I'm probably going to go with Brighton. I just don't know if Brighton are doing very much. Obviously, we saw Aaron Moy lead Brighton recently. Um, I haven't seen them do a whole lot in the, in the way of the transfer market, and I just feel like uh, though they did well to stay up last year, their luck might run out this year. So I, I'd say if I had to pick three based on where we stand on September 1, uh, Fulham, West Brom, and Brighton would be those three. So, uh, just going to say this off the bat, Scott, I have not shared our opinions uh, uh, on any of this so far. So, it's kind of funny that you say those teams. I have two out of the three teams you mentioned going down. Uh, the only team I do not have going down is Fulham. I believe um, that uh, West Brom, Brighton will go down f- for the same reasons that you said and I'm actually going to do Aston Villa, um, who managed to stay up on the last day of the last season. Um, they haven't gotten anybody in. Pepe Reina left. 
Uh, I know Tom Heaton is um, back healthy, but if we see another injury from him, uh, that means Orion Nylon is going to have to go on goal. And uh, with their unproven strike striker in uh, Wesley, who is going to get obviously another season to, to prove himself, I'm not sure where the goals are going to come from besides Jack Grealish and who knows his future with the transfer window still being open until October. So um, there's a lot of worries for me, especially defensively for, for Aston Villa. So I'm going to have them join uh, Brighton and, uh, and West Brom for me. So That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I agree on Grealish. I think if Grealish goes and Villa had nobody, that it's going to be a really, really long season. But part of me wants to believe, for good or for, for bad, that Villa will take the trials, especially of the late last season, and learn for the better from those. Meaning that I think that they can use, not just like, I mean, they understand now what it's like to have to grind and gruel to stay up. And obviously, I think we can both agree that they were lucky to avoid the drop at the end of the year. They got some help from some other teams. And again, if they lose Grealish and don't add anybody, I'm in, I'm in whole agreement that it'll probably be Villa who ends up getting the drop this year. But uh, part of me just wants to believe that the resiliency of last year and that, that the knowledge gained of being able to stay up is going to serve them well. Could very well not. Could very easily put them in a in the same position that they don't luckily escape this year. But um, maybe just a, a little bit of optimism lies on my side with Villa. No, I, I I want them to stay up. Trust me, I I I do like Villa and what they stand for. They have great fans, but I just for some reason, um, and and hopefully it's it's for good because they had a lot of injuries last season for key players like. Tom Heaton, I mentioned. Also, John began out for like three or four months. Um, and uh, so so that obviously did not help their case for trying to stay up. But hopefully everyone can stay healthy this season and hopefully they can stay up. But uh, I have them going down. Let's move to 13 through 17, Scott. Um, this is where I probably would put the other two remaining promoted sides in the table. Uh, for my predictions, at least Fulham and Leeds, I think – I don't see Leeds going higher than 13th, but I also don't see them getting relegated. Um, I think it would be a great season, obviously, if they can finish in the top 12, but I just don't see that along with Fulham. And then I think I'm going to ha- also have to put Crystal Palace. And um, here is a big shocker, and it will be my um, bold prediction of the next season, if you will. I think Sheffield are finishing in that in that group as well. Wow, so you think Sheffield are going to drastically decrease in quality? Yep. Wow, that's interesting. I or think, uh, do they drastically decrease in quality, or is the rest of the Premier League better? Yeah, and I, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think the the one thing I'm definitely in agreement on is that the Premier League is going to get better this year. And that, that doesn't necessarily, like, detract or take away from Liverpool's achievement of last year, but I definitely can see where you're coming from on that. Um, not buying into Leeds very much, though. No, I just, I mean, they have great pieces, but it's been so long since we've seen them in the, in the Premier League era, and the game has changed so much since they've been in. You know, what they did in the championship was impressive, but I, again, seeing Bielsa manage in the championship against the Premier League is is a whole no- different level, so I, I can't confidently say that they'll finish top 12. Yeah, and that's interesting, right? Like, I think a lot of people just CBL. So I'm actually in agreement. I don't think that they, they sniff the top half of the table, but I think a lot of people see Bielsa and they want to make him last year's Chris Wilder, right? Mm-hmm. They want to make leads into last year's Sheffield. 
And I just don't see a like for like comparison there. Like I, I understand that we look at like radical tactics, not even radical tactics, but just not like, not like palace away four four two tactics. You know what I mean? Like they, they see some innovation and they think, okay, overlapping center backs, they might be able to do something crazy. They might be able to shock the Premier League. I think it's too well known what mm-hmm. leads are trying to be and what leads are trying to do for them to succeed. So I'm with you. Um, I think I'd put Leeds in that group. I'm definitely putting Palace in that group as well. I'm certainly not not going to be confident in them there. Um, so and that that pretty much solves it for me. And with with that, because you did not have Aston Villa going down, are you going to put them in that bracket? Yes. Oh, 100 percent. I okay. mean, there's no way Villa finish anywhere close to above 12. Okay. So you right now have Leeds and Palace uh, in there and Villa. So who's the fourth remaining team for you? Oof. I can give you, it's easier for me to maybe, keep. maybe Newcastle. Okay. I was going to say Newcastle, Newcastle and Burnley are, or West Ham are the shouts that I, yeah, I don't, I don't think Newcastle is going to, to do much. Okay. Um, Burnley, it could very well be Burnley because once again, like I don't, I think that they're kind of on the cusp of, of what could be a collapse as well. So I don't think that they have a whole lot of prospect, but uh, I'll stick with Newcastle just to be consistent. Yeah, fair enough. All right, um, eight through twelve, lead. Let's kick it off, and I'll let you go with your four first. And obviously, eight through twelve. Can... So that would obviously mean Burnley. Um, yes, because they're not finishing above that. Burnley, West Ham. Wolves, hmm. Burnley, West Ham, Wolves. I mean, let's just be honest. Probably Everton. Uh, I think Everton could crack that that top with a little bit more consistency, especially if this Hamas thing goes through. But it's just like, woof. You know, it just doesn't. It doesn't. I don't know. I just don't trust them even now. Like last year, I thought Everton were going to be so significantly better than they were, and I just don't know. Um, yeah, I'll go if if not Everton, it'd be Southampton for me. But okay. I'm, I'll I'll stick with Everton. Okay, so yeah, I have in Burnley, West Ham, Everton, and uh, Newcastle in mine. Mm. Okay, that's fair. So there are eight teams left and two groups. Well, three, but I have already put one team in one of the groups. Uh, so Europa League, and I think this is saying anywhere from five to seven is how I'm getting yeah. this. And then they're saying there. I think Champions League group is two through four, but obviously the team who finishes in first obviously gets Champions League. So there will be four teams in that Champions League group just as contenders, obviously, because we're not actually ranking second, third, fourth. And, and things like that. So, yeah. Um, Europa League is hard because Southampton still is are left in this. And I don't like. Uh, See, I don't think it's hard. I'll just, I'll go right sure, now. Go I ahead. think it's Spurs, Southampton, and Leicester. Okay. But you see Southampton being able to do that? Uh, not, not inherently, yes, yeah. but like it's. To me, I think Southampton are the lowest of the three that I just named, but mm-hmm. I would say in order, Arsenal, Spurs, uh, Leicester, and Southampton. Okay. Oh, so you're throwing Arsenal in there? I mean, yeah, I don't see Arsenal being a top-four club, so yeah. Okay, that's fair. I am not going to throw them in there. Uh, I am throwing Wolves in there for Europa League. Um, 
And you know what? I'll check it. I'll throw Arsenal in there as well because there's four teams left. Chelsea, United, City for Champions League. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that's going to be the same for you. Yeah, the two Manchester clubs, Chelsea and Liverpool. Yep. And then for your champion, I will let you go first. Um, with or without Messi, I still think Man City probably have the higher percentage point. They definitely are favorites. The, the higher percentage chance. Um, but I'm I'm going to be a homer. I mean, I'm always probably going to struggle to not be a homer and, and mm. say that Liverpool are going to win the league for a second year running. Well, let's look um, at departures and arrivals. Manchester City lost David Silva. And although he is 34, he was such an important player for them last season and his whole tenure at City. Um, how big of an impact can you see a replacement if let's just say they put Bernardo Silva in the midfield, how well can he replace a player oh, like David Silva? Very well. Very you think well. So? David Silva was, was obviously crucial to Manchester City's success over the long term, but I think City would have finished second without David Silva last year. So in, in my mind, the way that I view it is City already have enough firepower to win the league. Like mm-hmm. City don't, that's why I said with or without Messi, like City City could win the league with the current group that they have right now, the current crop that they have right now, and I'm mm-hmm. very confident in that. So I'm not worried about replacing David Silva. It's more, can City avoid a lot of the things that, that, that struck them down last year? Like, of course, Liverpool, I mean, Liverpool had an insane season, right? Like 98 points in um, the previous year, 97 points. Like, that's just an insane back-to-back tally. City obviously had a bit of a down year. Um, just and down year is almost insane to use for Manchester City because it wasn't a down year by any means. I mean, they were by and away the second best team mm-hmm. in the league. So uh, I'm I'm more just looking at them from like a defensive consistency. A lot of what they did last year seemed to be shooting themselves in the foot, and that can't happen again because Liverpool showed that you give them an inch and they'll take a foot. And I'm less confident that Liverpool will have that same mentality this year. I think I think losing the league by a point the year previous really, really spurred Liverpool on, and I'm not sure if they'll have that same competitive drive to, to you know, put another 95-plus point season on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're City, you're obviously cognizant that the expectations for yourselves are just as high as they've ever been, which is to win the league and pack on just an astronomical point total. Right. Now, a couple questions off that, and we'll, we'll go with the Liverpool drive thing first. Joe Gomez said recently in an interview that they ha- that he, I think that the squad has more drive in them than ever. Do you necessarily believe that? No, and I'm not like, that's the thing. Like, when I was saying that, I started thinking to myself, like, it probably sounds like you're questioning Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, and I'm definitely not questioning them, right? Like, I think that they... They probably are as hungry as they've ever been. They won the Champions League. They they were champions of literally everything for a period in time. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that they do feel extremely spurned to continue that success. The Liverpool that I know will have a tendency to have an inevitable dip. And right. I don't know if it'll be this season. I don't know if that means that it'll be a trophyless season or if Liverpool will have another run at a European Cup or whatever. But I do know that in what is already going to be a shortened season, the demands are going to be different. The demands are going to change. Liverpool were buying away the best team from 
August to March in the Premier League of last year, and it's not even measurable. It wasn't even remotely close. This year is a little bit different. We look at fixture congestion. We look at how deep the roster is. Liverpool making no further signings that anyone is aware of as of this point in time means that Ginny Wijnaldum's 3,000-plus minutes last year are distributed among a 19-year-old Curtis Jones, a Nabi Keita who has proven to be somewhat injury-prone. You don't have Adam Lallana anymore. You have a somewhat injury-prone Jordan Henderson. You get where I'm going. It mm-hmm. just doesn't – with this current crop, it does not look feasible for them to put up anywhere near the performance that they did last year. And that's truly telling. I don't think it's a question Liverpool make Champions League. I think that, that Liverpool are an easy top three in the Premier League right now based on everything that we know of them. But another year older, another year in which you don't pack on and you don't pad the rest of the squad. It might be cool for Liverpool fans to see Harvey Elliott and Curtis Jones out there more often than not, but it won't be as cool if those players don't help Liverpool achieve what they want to achieve this year. Then at that point, mm-hmm. you're just grooming for the sake of grooming, and that doesn't see you win a trophy at the end of the year. Yeah. Development is important. Development is necessary for you to be able to continue to strive to move forward as a club that does not spend an astronomical amount of money, i.e. Manchester City, Chelsea, but in no way is development indicative of winning a trophy in this day and age based on what we see. You might have one or two gems that break through, but I'll just be very, very honest. Rian Brewster's success in the championship last year is great. It does not even come close to equating in the Premier League. Curtis Jones, in his cameos last year, pressure completely off of him to perform mm-hmm. with that surrounding cast in Liverpool's massive point total. Harvey Elliott, someone who we saw very, very little of last year, is now expected to perform at the same level, if not above the level of the likes of Sheridan Shakiri, who was hardly used, was often injured, and now the expectations for even a fringe player like him are higher. So I guess this is a very, very, very long-winded way of saying the expectations are higher all around. Liverpool have less bodies and less time to achieve the exact same thing that they did last year, and that is a mountain of a challenge. You can be the strongest mental team in the world if you don't have the strong physical bodies and the body count you need to achieve what you want to achieve, you could, again, you could have the strongest mentality in the world. You're not going to get it done. Yeah. And I will also throw this in there in the mix that it, if, if the Premier League clubs do decide on five substitutions, it's even going to hurt Liverpool even more because of the strength of depth that other clubs have with city and with the new signings that Chelsea have oh, Chelsea and Manchester United, even yeah. Manchester United yeah. is already deeper than Liverpool. Are. Yeah. And that's, That's scary for Liverpool, right? And I think every Liverpool fan's biggest nightmare is you you run back into just being a and this isn't this is by no means like this is like the the first of the first world problems, right? But you go back to being just a team that plays in the Champions League. Right. You go back to being sort of an Arsenal of old, where you might win an FA Cup, which Liverpool have zero domestic cup success under Jurgen Klopp. You might go back to winning the occasional trophy, but at the end of the day, you are a team that can only attract, you know, the modern day Champions League player. And that's that's a better place to be than many, many other clubs in the Premier League. But that does not match the ambition that a club like Liverpool, especially under a coach like Jurgen Klopp, will always have behind them. And 
just like many, many others, and we've even seen it in recent years with Manchester United, your your supporter base will continue to support you, and they will continue, but make no mistake that you will be vilified. The ownership group will be vilified. The, the club executives will be vilified. And in, in some places and cases, even the likes of Jurgen Klopp and the players will be vilified if success is not maintained to a relative degree based on expectation. And that's true of any major club around the world. Liverpool are not exclusive to that, but I promise you if this is a trophyless season and Liverpool finish second or third, it will be seen as a huge disappointment and a big drop-off from where they were to where they should continue to be. And I was going to also bring that point, and it's also kind of to the players' own detriment because of the standard that they have set over the last two seasons with 97 and 98 points. So, you know, it's really it's going to be really hard to keep that up, especially with no signings besides Simikas, a, a, you know, a backup left-back. Um, but who knows? They also, they also could surprise and 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 do equally as well but i think it's very very difficult to see that especially with the signings and other sorts of things that are going on with other big clubs um but i will also put liverpool because i'm also a homer with uh in the uh champions spot but i do see manchester city if they if they don't win they're going to be very 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 close um, as close as one point can be. So, yeah, I'm just and I'm just now recognizing that probably everything that I said is only more of a case for Manchester City to win the Premier League. Hmm? There's just I I will back Jurgen Klopp until he is no longer at the club. Though I believe that he is capable of doing things that no one else is capable of, and hmm. that is maybe the only reason why I believe what I believe right now. Okay, I, I, now that the predictions is over, we got about nine minutes left. I want to ask you about two clubs in particular, both right. London. Let's talk about Arsenal for a second. With the addition of William, no. Do you see no. them in fourth or fifth place? I know you put them in your in Europa League sure. spot. Fifth, sure. Fourth, okay. no way. No way. No way. No way. Okay. Consistency over 38 games, and again, this packed of a schedule, unless they crash out of both domestic cups extremely early on and solely place their focus on the league, I don't even think they can sniff fourth place. Okay. The, the disparity in quality between Manchester United, Manchester City, Chelsea, and Liverpool, and Arsenal is like scaling Mount Kilimanjaro from ground zero for me. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree. I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. And then um, Chelsea. I'm just going to name the players they have signed in the summer, and I want you to I want you to tell me how far or close they are to Liverpool and Manchester City. Timo Werner, Hakim Ziyech, Ben Chilwell, Thiago Silva, Malang Sar, and currently pending Kai Havertz. How close are they to the top two? Well, Malang Sar is going to go back out on loan, so yeah, we know that, true. and we that so I kind of consider him to be a non-factor this year. To the top two. Closer than they were last year, for sure. Again, I still I will back the experience and the consistency of Liverpool and Manchester City well before I back any newly signed players. Um, Hakim Zayek, Timo Werner, incredible additions, incredible additions, and there may be more to come for Chelsea. Who knows? They're backed by literally a Russian billionaire. So, with that, those are great signings, and I and if they translate well to the Premier League, then Frank Lampard's going to have an incredible time, um, and, and his team could make an incredible run. But I still believe that Chelsea's core 
Chelsea's core strength is not strong enough for them to really do something special and clips one of the two teams we just mentioned as our Premier League title favorites. Could you see, from Abramovich's point of view, with all the money that he has spent this summer and to getting these new players, could you see Frank, Frank Lampard being on the hot seat if they do not finish in Champions League or you know no, battle Manchester not, City? Not, not this year. Um, maybe if they, if they failed to make the Champions League for two years running, I think it's definitely possible. But I think there are too many moving pieces – I think Frank being who he is in Chelsea's community is probably he's bought himself some time by overachieving last year that um, I don't think he gets to sack if they if they underachieve this year based on money spent, expectations, etc. Fair enough. Um, Well, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Oh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a weird Premier League season, I feel, for for many things. And I think maybe the most unpredictable Premier League season that we might have. you know, I think we're looking at we're looking at the first at least few games being behind closed doors, and then we're obviously all hoping that fans can be allowed in and social distance measures. But there is no telling when we will ever be back at full capacity in those grounds. And so, I think a lot of clubs are going to be influenced by that. Again, for better or for worse, I think we saw it a little bit at the the return from the lockdown last year. But I'm I'm buckling in for what could be the um, strangest Premier League season to date. And that's saying something because it, last season was strange in, in its own right. So, um, yeah, I would agree. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Let us know what you think about our Premier League tier list and who you think is going to take home the 2021 season, who's going to go back to the championship, all that good stuff. Our links can be found in the description. Again, thanks so much for listening, and uh, we're only 10 days away. Enjoy.